Right guys, this is Mr. Sanders' DT podcast. This first one is just going to be looking at how to answer exam questions and how to do it the right way. So just play a little song before we go. Let's get going. Right guys, after that song, what I'm going to do in this podcast is just go through how you actually answer exam questions and what to expect when you get the exam paper. So first of all, 
the DT exam is going to be two hours long. It's divided into two different sections, section A and section B. Um, section A will include three lots of questions that's going to test all the stuff you've done in the core. So this is a pretty big part, but generally the questions are quite easy. Looking at product analysis, kind of looking at different, different materials, different ways you construct things, questions with your math skills, and a couple of questions that require a bit of technical knowledge that you've covered in the core. Um, there's going to be a mixture of different levels of questions and you'll need to demonstrate a comprehensive and thorough knowledge of the topic. One question will be an extended response question, which you will be able to identify as it will have an asterisk next to it. This question will look for an in-depth understanding of the topic and you will need to write a detailed and logical answer that is supported with examples. Section B will test both of your core and in-depth knowledge. So if you're a graphics student, if you're an RM student, that's looking at the papers and fibres, the papers and cards, and woods, or metals and plastics, if you want to go into those bits. Um, section Similar to section A, there's going to be a mixture of different levels of the questions. And we're going to expect you to demonstrate a comprehensive and thorough knowledge of the topic. There is one extended response question, again, that has an asterisk next to it. And you're going to be given a little document that goes with that. So it'll be a paper, two-page paper, three-page paper, that will just have a little bit of information about what you need to be covering. Within this, you're going to have to look into the different products and demonstrate your in-depth understanding of that category, so of the woods, of the papers. And that's that for those two parts. Quite often, section A is quite a high mark section, okay? And generally, there's quite a few tips that we give students that go along with both section A and section B questions. So these are just about, I think there's about eight different tips I'm gonna give you that just go through what to expect and what to include within these sections. So the first one is the generic terms. So remember not to give answers in generic terms, such as just wood or plastic or paper. Try to be very, very specific. So instead of saying wood, you include oak. Instead of saying plastic, you say hips, high-impact polystyrene. The second tip is to make sure you read that question carefully. There's been instances where there's students have read one part of the question wrong and missed out. They've answered it perfectly well, but they've missed out on about 10 marks just because they've read one part wrong. So you need to make sure you read the question carefully, look at the command words and what's being expected of you and how many marks you're going to gain from answering this question. That's going to give you an idea of how much detail you're going to have to give. The third tip, on as many of the written questions as you can, 
give examples. So give examples to explain a certain point. This is going to show your in-depth knowledge and in-depth understanding and can be the extra information needed to push you up to a higher grade. Okay, so to gain just that one mark extra. The fourth choice is your multiple, well, fourth tip, sorry, is your multiple choice questions. The multiple choice ones that you're going to get are probably about three or four of them in the paper. Even if you don't know it, have a go and put, a, put a, something down. Never leave a multiple choice question unanswered. The fifth one, fifth tip, is the big long questions. So, extended response questions, questions that are worth about 12 marks. You need to recognise the importance of taking the time to think and to plan these answers to the questions. Sometimes you're going to be asked for your own opinion. So, for instance, when it's a moral or social question, when it's asking you for your opinion on a certain type of material for a certain product. Make sure you use clear evidence to back up your view. Consider what information might help you to show the examiner the reason for your decision. It's important for you to say confidently why you have come to that particular conclusion. Don't spend too much time writing an introduction to this answer. Okay, the introduction just needs to be two sentences long. It's far more important for you to get the information down that explains the point. So therefore, the answer should be well organised, structured and written in a logical way. So you, can, so you consider your answer before you start. Okay, don't just go straight in for it like a bull in a china shop. If you're not sure what the question is asking you, cross out the words on the, answer, on the question that you don't know and see what's left. Therefore, you can recognise the keywords or the concepts that you can write about. Most importantly, I don't want anybody to be repeating themselves in the question. So don't keep on saying the same point but worded differently. Ensure each point is completely different. You are not going to get marked for the same point just because you've written it in a different way. If it's a 12-mark question and you've just written six different ways, six of the same thing but in different ways, you're only going to get two marks, not 12. The sixth tip is material area. So the particular material area that you're concentrating on. For the specialist technical principle and designing and making principle section of the paper, you need to draw upon your knowledge of that area. So make sure you know all about your specific area that you're going with. The seventh tip is the maths and science areas of the paper. Now there's not many maths and science questions in this but you need to be able to answer the ones that we've been through in class, but also to understand how, how plastics are formed, how metal is formed, how the alloys, what an alloy is, those kind of questions. The final point, the final tip 
is the timing. You need to be able to keep an eye on that clock and you never go over the time limit. Now, it's well worth you putting, you making sure those two mark answers are done in a minute. Those 12 mark answers or the 10 mark answers are getting done in 15 minutes, give you a good 15 minutes for that question. Remember, it's only a two hour paper, so maybe have a look at, through it before you start and then get down into it. Right guys, I'm gonna play you another little song now. This is Ecstasy by Salado. This is DJ Sanders now, turning into it. Be back in a minute. Right, the next part of this exam question go-through is how you actually answer a question. Now, I've always been taught about something called wow answers. And you might have covered this in other subjects. But a wow answer is, is an acronym for what, officiate, and why. Now, With this, it gives you 
the chance that you can explain and underline what you're going through. So in the what area, you're explaining what it is in terms of the question. So you need to be clear. So would someone who knew nothing about this subject be able to understand what you're explaining? The officiate section, or the judging section, is how are you able to be responsible for your response? So have you used clear and expressive words clearly? In the why section, are you able to justify your answer in order to gain those marks? So have you said the right examples? Have you given them in the right context? Now, I'm just going to go through a example question. So this is a GCSE example question, and it was worth three marks. It was, describe how aesthetics influence the selection and choice of materials and components in manufactured products. Give an example in your answer. Worth three marks. Now, the ideal answer for this is, aesthetics generate the feelings a person has when they look at the product. So there's the what. That's explaining what it is. An example of this would be when you first see a new product, like an iPhone or the latest Audi car. The aesthetic design and form should make you desire and want to own it. So there's you kind of just relaying it and making it forced onto the person that's reading it. Okay, they understand now what it is. The next part is the explaining it and giving a justification for it. So this is explaining why the aesthetics is important. So it is, this aspect is important to consider when selecting materials and components as designers want their products to have an attractive appeal, to be liked and sell effectively. Choosing material colours that are on trend and have tactile or smooth finishes that are pleasant to hold will all have a positive influence on desire to own them. So that there is a perfect answer has the wow in it, the what, the officiating, and the why. That's absolutely spot on. You need to be aware that I don't really want you to be using simple words. So when it's good, you don't just say it's good, you say it's magnificent, it's marvellous, it's reputable, it's honourable, distinguished. Those different words. So try and get more words into the vocabulary as you're doing it. This last part of the exam question run-through is just going to go through the... It's, it's, a, it's a little examiner's report just telling us, as teachers, what it is we should be looking at in an exam question. So this is from the exam board. So it states that if a question has been crossed out and no alternative has been given, then no mark can be given for that crossed out part, even if it is right. If you put a line through it, it's wrong. But also, if you've just left it and it kind of contradicts what you say, then we can't really give you an answer, a question, so a, a mark for it, as it will not be it will not make sense. Contradictory responses. So when a candidate provides contradictory responses, then no mark should be awarded 
even if one, one of the answers are correct. So make sure you understand what it is that's going down on that paper. The short answer questions, so these are ones requiring, requiring only a list by way of a response and are usually only worth one mark. So where candidates, it says this, where candidates are required to provide a set number of short answer responses, then only the set number of responses should be marked. The response space should be marked from left to right on each line. So you need to be clear in how you mark it. So if it's a joining up, then you make sure it's a straight line going from point to point. If it's one multiple choice answer, you only mark one multiple choice answer. As soon as you've done two, it's wrong. Short answer questions that are worth two or more marks, it states if the candidate is required to provide a description of three items or factors or four items and four items or factors are provided, then you need to mark it as it comes. So if you've got three right things and one wrong thing in that four answer question, then we'll mark you the two marks or three marks if, if it's worth that. So the more things you can stick into a into the more answers you can stick into a short question, the better, because you've got more chance of getting it right. But you've only got a limited space to answer it in, so be careful of that as well. The longer questions, so this is where candidates are to provide two or more responses on a, on a quite high mark question. You need to make sure any mistakes crossed out. Everything has to be crossed out if it's a wrong answer. And that is that for that section. Well guys, final part of this is just to go through again what the section A is and what the section B is. So section A in the paper is worth 55 marks. Now this is going on assessment objectives AO3 and AO4. Within the paper, AO3 is the analysis and evaluate objective. This is only worth 10% of the overall grade. The AO4 is the demonstrating and applying knowledge and understanding. So this is your technical principles and your designing and making principles. This is worth 40%. So you can see where the large majority of the exam mark comes from. 10% and 40%, that's just the, pay, that's just the exam paper. The other 50% comes in your NEA. So section A, typically questions in this section of the paper will start with an image of a product and you'll be asked to answer a question about the materials, the properties and features of that product. The questions in section A tend to cover core principles, although extended discussions and explanations may require the use of examples to support your answers from the in-depth areas of learning that you've covered. Some questions will draw on core design principles, context and material properties. They may involve product analysis or problem solving and you may not always be familiar with the product that is presented but you will still need to apply your knowledge and understanding avoid relying solely on the photograph that's there and think about the context in which the product would be used so if it's a chair 
think about where that chair is going to be used. Is it going to be used in the living room? Is it a dining chair? Is it a garden chair? And it's going to be used in the garden. Is it a camping chair? Right, so think about the whole picture of it. Practice this by looking at existing products that are made from multiple materials and by thinking about materials and components. Why they have been chosen and what properties those materials and components have and they have to use them. Some products you need to start to think about are like the chairs, are like telephones, things that are modern, so mobile phones, computers, things like that. Think about the different components that have been used inside them and consider how this affects their design. Think about the user, their needs. Are the products aesthetically pleasing? Are they ergonomically sound? What anthropometric data would have been needed to design them? What features of the products are successful and why? You can also consider the wider issues involved in sourcing the materials and their manufacture. Looking at existing products provides a great starting point for learning how to approach these types of questions. Section B is worth 45 marks of the paper. This is going to be a situational context. So you'll be provided with an insert, like a little booklet that's going to be given to you. This has products in it related to the context that you're studying at the moment. So if it's a resistor materials one, it'll have a table in it. If it's a graphics one, it'll have a leaflet in it. Um, this is where your in-depth learning comes in. So there may be questions that still cover the core knowledge, but your product will need to show quite in-depth knowledge on the materials, the processes, the technical understanding and the wider issues of that product. To practice this session, you should look at real life products, for example, in a public space, such as a park, and select some made from different materials within your subject area. Think about how they are made. Wider issues or technical understanding may be tested. For example, the issues that face designers in this selection of materials and manufacturing methods, how designs need to be easy to use, how prototypes can achieve their functional requirements, what will happen to products after they have no longer been needed, and how designers pitch and sell ideas and present them to users and stakeholders within the given context. Right, that is the first podcast of this sorted. Now, I'll be doing a couple more on each of the core theories, but for now, I'm going to leave you with that and I'm going to play you my final song in one minute. Bye bye.
Ah, ah, ah. Oh!